Yo, 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 what's going on, creative family? This is Cook, creative architect and host of the Cook in the Late Night. You can catch me on all socials at a guy named Cook. And guess what? You are locked into Strategies for the Culture with the Mac himself. Glad to be here. You're listening to the Strategies for the Culture podcast. The podcast that evaluates the building blocks of the marketing and public relations strategies that make the culture go round. Taking a closer look at the behind-the-scenes efforts of our favorite brands, celebrities, and companies. This podcast will help you understand successful, results-driven strategies and how you can build your own. Hosted by award-winning creative strategist and publicist, Donovan Mack. This is Strategies for the Culture. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Strategies for the Culture. Thank you so, so much for listening today. I so, so appreciate it. If you're not following us on social media already, being a strategist behind the scenes and for the culture, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Strategies for the Culture. Follow your host, your boy, Don Mack, at I am the Don Mack on all platforms. And today, I have such a good guest in the building. We didn't get a chance to record and film it, but we will next time, for sure. This is one of many conversations conversations my guy which is also a pun that i just keep saying but it's okay my guy my guy not the guy but it's okay a guy name you know what i'm saying it's a lot of stuff but my guy cook what is up bro man what's going on hey i like this intro by the way like i might need to keep the sound bite like for me when i do like any speaking engagement like hey play this right as my intro i love it i love it i'm hyped man i'm glad to be here bro thank you for having me so glad to have you i'll make sure we cut that up for you to kind of get that in there um <laughs> But no, listen, this is a long time coming, number one, during this time, of course. We sat down before with my previous podcast, Access of My Energy. But I'm so glad to kind of maneuver in this new space of pivoting and just kind of getting all things started when it comes to being strategic moving forward. So with you, with my guy, I want you to tell the people how you got your start and just being creative in general. So like, oh, if that's diapers, take us back to diapers. Oh man, that's If a... that's 18, where I was like, light bulb, just tell us all about it, bro. Yeah, no, um, sheesh, I did not prep for that question. Nah, um, I think for me, it's really started in just the space of uh, music. Uh, being a, a, a rapper at a young age, it's like, you know, you found yourself wanting to be in that space. But, you know, when you take something like that serious, you realize that there's other opportunities in that craft. And there's other ways you can use that same thought process to activate other things in the world around you. So for me, you know, I mean, 2017 was like that light bulb year of, yo, rap is cool, but my brain is better, like just in general, like I can apply it to other things. I can create other things. And so I found myself just doing that with different spaces. And now, you know, I'm, I'm fully, fully embracing all aspects of my creative brain. I'm not thinking I should hide any aspects of it. So, you know, that journey's just been honestly trial and error. And then once I know how to do something, it's like, all right, these are the tools. What do I have to go build? Yo, that is amazing, first of all. And let me just tell y'all, this is not, you know, oh my gosh, I'm a rapper. Cook got bars. Okay. Hey, so if in the episode I turn into Sway and drop a beat, like, <laughs> I just want Cook to be aware that that may or may not happen. Present. Um, but listen, this man has bars. And it's funny how, because I feel like sometimes the music industry can put you in a mad box. Like, you the rapper, stay behind the mic and write your raps or get the rap, whatever the case may be. You the producer, stay behind the soundboard. So just tell me about that experience where it was like, I can do so much more, or like my brain is like at a new level than just creating music. 
Sure, and I, th- I think, you know, this is kind of a perfect segue to just this idea of the show, right? Because you talk strategies for the culture. And I think that the music industry is kind of the number one strategy when it comes to any brand building, you know? Because when you think of music, like, there, there's songs with the artists, and then there's collaboration. So it shows you, like, the feature aspects. And then it's like, all right, there's producers who are behind the scenes that are activating something. So when you realize, like, the business industry is just the entertainment industry hidden. And so, you know, I kind of apply that logic of what music looked like. I've, uh, I, I've interned at record labels, so I got to see, like, writing teams. I got to see, like, the behind the scenes of what goes into a record. And so that's been my strategy. It's like, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur that moves like a music artist. Like, if I see someone doing something, I'm like, yo, let's collaborate. Like, yo, I want to feature you on this project. That project might be an entire show, but it's, it's just the project that I feature people on. And that's kind of how I apply and play this game is like keeping that mindset that once you're in a once you're in this this space of, of entertainment you know everyone just wants to be entertained and so if you can do that on the music side imagine what you could do if you can put that behind a product behind a person behind a, a a movement you know and that's kind of been my mindset so when you talk about you know not being boxed into something a lot of that comes from you know not <laughs> not having other people to fill those other parts. Like, I didn't have an engineer starting out. Salute to the engineer in the building. You know, you guys doing great things. But I didn't have that starting out, so I had to go to school to learn it. And then once I learned that, then I learned, oh, there's a business behind it. Oh, there's there's more things behind it. So it was about just tugging on that dream in my heart and following that path. That sounds amazing. And listen, <laughs> first of all, we work to get here because we're in this very nice studio space. Yo, it's and like, lit. Like, if y'all can see it on camera. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell my grandkids this was Tyler Perry studio. Okay. Right? Okay, at the DMV. <laughs> but listen, we legit work to get here because I'm telling you, I definitely had, you know, one of my friends just editing a little something for me, kind of putting things together. We worked out of a new space that's actually, I think, closed at this point. But, you know, they're still rocking and pushing. But, like, it was literally just me and my mic. I had no soundboard. I had no engineer. You know what I'm saying? Now we got an audio engineer in the building. But that, and that's, and to quickly interject, that's the life of an artist, right? That's the life of any type of kid who wants to start rapping. It's just me and my microphone. And then you find other people because of your consistency and your determination. Like, not everyone, and this isn't to you, but like to general, not everyone's a great artist when they come out. But people can recognize that work ethic in someone and say, you know what? If nothing else, I'm going to rock with you for however long you're doing this. And I think, you know, you find yourself in a place, and, and you mentioned earlier about, you know, we went on a show before. I'm going to tell you, any your next podcast that you start, I'm going to be on that one too. Like, I'm going to always show up for you because of that work ethic that you bring to the table. So I'm excited to talk about whatever we're going to talk about today. Okay, and I love that because, listen, this has been, this, this, I met you, I think it was about a year ago. Yeah, time over, is a little over. over yeah. Quarantine hasn't taught me anything is that time is a legit illusion. Like, <laughs> man, what? So yeah, I think it's been about a year and a half. And like since then, I was like, this man is on a different level when I met you when it comes to just the hustle in general. We had someone on the podcast previously. Her name is Sierra. And just go check out that episode after this one. Um, but she works in the music industry, A&R, producing, all that great stuff. And really, she like was telling me and teaching me, actually, about that personal brand behind an artist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. artists sometimes don't think of themselves as a business. But it sounds like you got that mad early because it was <laughs> like, not only do I need to be multi-hyphenated, like if that's a word, but with, you know, what I do, but I need to make sure I have every aspect kind of in line with myself before I either reach out or take my brand to the next level or whatever the case may be. But legit, when I met you, like 
the light was just like, ping, like I'm telling you, it was something where I was like, this is my friend, like this is my brother, this is my guy, literally on the same like, kind of hustle as me and working, but on his own path, which I absolutely love. But tell me, I love, so I used to run track and field, as my audience knows, and I coach to this day, but tell me how that lane is for you. You know what I mean? Like, I do it, like, literally and figuratively, like, stay in your lane, but it looks like you were on multiple different tracks and things like that. So. Sure, you know, um, I think that what your your lane is whatever you're able, wherever you're capable of doing to the best of your ability. You know, um, I had someone, you know, ask me one time, and it came in conversation, like, you know, like, Hey, so this person we have in this lane, uh, and this person this lane, but you, you're like a jack of all trades, and you know that kind of used to. Or the the thought behind that was to be like a not a dig, but like a you're a master of none, mm-hmm. you know. And I um recently it, it sat down and I, I thought of that, and I thought it out even further. Being the person I am, a uh, creative architect, it's like all right, how can I break that down to own it? And so I took jack of all trades, I kind of abbreviated to be JAC, and I. I looked at it like, yo, I'm just a creative. Like at the end of the day, I am just a creative. Meaning that my lane is whatever I'm able to, to you know, get next to someone, or, or, or you know, I don't want to say become a chameleon, but partner with somebody, I'm able to provide my creativity to them in their space too. It doesn't matter that lane because I know the way that my brain works, I can connect with you on a human level. And at the end of the day, whatever you're pushing, whatever you're selling is based off of emotion, experience, and can you connect to people? And I can do that no matter what room it's in. So, you know, I find myself in a lane where if it's if it's empowering, if it's, it's, if it's about what I say, I'm a creative black entrepreneur or a black creative entrepreneur. So if it's for, for the black people, I'm there for it. If it's for a creative community, I'm there for it. For entrepreneurship, I'm there for it. If anything is offered to me that doesn't like me as any of those three things, I don't need to be a part of it. So I, my lane is wherever I can be fully myself. That is so crazy because <laughs> I want to break down two things that you said, but I feel like the authenticity of it all. You know what I mean? Like sure. the chameleon was like, I'm not fake. You know, I'm yeah. not blue over here and yeah. green over there, but it's like I can be authentic and relate to you in different ways. But I want to break down creative architect as well because that's the first time I've heard of it since you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, a creative architect. I've never heard like that not job title, but like when you introduce yourself, oh, I'm Donovan, podcast host, publicist, you know what I'm saying? Words that people know. Creative architect, I'm like, what is that? You know what I mean? But what I'm thinking is too, like creative, you know, takes on a whole monster of its own, especially when kind of the creative movement started to happen. But architects don't just build one thing. So I love how that drag of all trades kind of came together. But in addition, the architects can look at mad blueprints. They can look at mad strategies to kind of get the job done. So I feel like that's definitely something that came about where it was like, Creative architect suits you. <laughs> yeah, oh no, that's a, it's, a, it's something I've been running with for a minute. I'm glad you haven't heard it anywhere else because <laughs> trademark. trademark. Um, but you know, um, for me, you know, I, I actually my last job was at the uh, like nine to five was at the uh, United States Capitol, and we actually worked for the architect of the Capitol, and the architect of the Capitol is actually uh, above the CEO. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the person who's in charge of protecting everything. Uh, that position is assigned by the president only. Like, it's a high position with not too many people above them. And then I really started diving into the architects. And if you look at it, like, there's a difference between a builder and an architect. An architect is creating something that's meant to be timeless. Like, you're going to remember it years later, whatever they put their hands to. Like, oh, this was designed by... One of my favorite shows is... um. 
um, on Netflix and it's like the world's most extraordinary uh, home, like yeah, architectural design at homes. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at that and that's how I look at events. I look at moments. I look at, you know, content. I produce something that you're going to say like, yo, whether it's this year or 10 years from now, it stands, it, it holds its weight, it's genuine, it's what it is. So, you know, anytime someone gives me that call, like, hey, I need you on a project, I'm not just showing up and saying, yeah, let's just hang some streamers in here and call it a day. I'm looking at like, what's the, what's the long-term effect of what we produce in this one moment? And so that's kind of how I apply my creativity. And so, yeah, I'm a creative architect because I, got, I could write the blueprint out, I could sketch it up for you, build it from scratch. I'm the, I can get you all the all the hired help you need, like the contractors. I got all their numbers and I know who you need to get what you need built and brought to life. And then I'm going to follow up and do a walkthrough when it's complete to make sure it looks how we want it to. So I'm the architect. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And the <laughs> connections, when I tell y'all, is they go far beyond <laughs> what people just normally think. Well, yeah, I know a few people. Nah, like if you mention this position, you <laughs> probably know at least 10 people that got have you. chilled it before. I so got you. That is definitely something. But I want to mention, too, my connections, like where my kind of networking kind of started was in college. And I know your journey was definitely a little bit different from that. Yeah. But I want to take you back to kind of like high school and then that transition into, you know, okay, it's time for college. For me, went to Catholic school, 100% graduation rate. And then from there, everyone pretty one went to college. And if yeah. you didn't, they were looking at you like, why aren't you going to college? Sure. And I didn't even know if anyone went to like trade school. We were a very tight senior uh, class. But like, even then it was like not in university like where are you going <laughs> it was where are you going to college not sure. what are you doing after high school so tell me sure. about that kind of young transition from like all right graduating high school what is it now yeah i mean for me uh i definitely don't fit the uh the mo that mold uh because it because you know for me i actually i went to like three high schools it wasn't behaviorally it was just life situation so you know i was kind of always on the move and constantly having to activate new friendships you know in a small window of time so that's kind of what the c for networking came from and then after that you know i got accepted in college but again life situations and i found myself not being able to attend a four-year college or university but you know i i again I, I became this this student of the world around me of life i i did i went to trade school because I knew I could rap and I knew that audio engineering had money. So I was like, ah, I could do that. And, um, you know, for me, it, it was just more of a matter of, you know, embrace whatever path is in front of you. Like, OK, this didn't work out. And although there is a really strong chance that you could just quit and call it call it here, you know, you bring something more to the table. So just figure out what that is. And, you know, the path that I took has has open like doubled my my connections it's kind of why now when i can make a phone call to people someone's like wait how do you know this person it's like because we all took the the grid path like we we we, we all went the grit path we went we went for the, hu the hustle a little bit different and um so I, my thing now is you know whatever whatever suits somebody right not not college isn't built for everyone but you know i have a speaking engagement um this upcoming week at Morgan State University. You know, I got another one I'm working on um, down the line for another HBCU. So it's like, I didn't go to college, but I still have the knowledge to apply to these places because of my willingness to embrace the life before me. So honestly, it's funny because I think if I went to college, my network would be crazier. Like, yeah, just, just so on too. some school stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, would, I might not be able to be reached by a lot of people if right. I did that, but right. you know, 
I took the path that was meant for me because I think there's someone else out there that doesn't see the way that most can get it, and they they can look at my story like, nah, but he did it too. For sure, for sure, yeah, and that's definitely something because I was like, when I was networking, coming back from the summers and things like that, I wasn't the type that came back often during the weekends. You know, it was like if it was a break, then I came and then went right. Even then, I had no car, so like literally the networking was almost a struggle to kind of get to. Like, <laughs> sure. I have the doors open for me to be in the room, but I got to get there. Yeah. But then, like my other half of my time networking was, of course, my professors, the students around me, building so much. And not that I regret it, but I almost think like I would rather like maybe not be so involved in school when like there's a whole other world outside of it. So that's why they call it the real world. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's already the real world, but it's kind of encapsulated in this whole thing so yeah the connections went far and I do I thought I knew a lot of people but I'm telling you down the street like I know two people Cook knows 20 and I'm just like I really can't even like compete with this man but the humbleness and the hustleness of it all is just amazing but the beauty and the beauty of it though you know being who you are and being how like this this is just for anyone like it's good to be a person that knows so many but you know there's also something to be said for the person who just knows the one person that knows so many and you know being of a good good spirit and energy to them because then they know, yo, hey, cook, I, I need this. I, something's going on with this. Yo, that phone call is easy. Hey, let me introduce you. And, and, and it's a handoff. Like, I, I get joy out of connecting people and stepping away like i don't i don't i don't want recognition for it i don't ask for a discount on whatever y'all collaborate on i literally love seeing it and then i can watch it from afar like they did that and so you know it, it's it's not for like you said everything isn't for everybody you know i think the school which you did with it from track and field and how you network that's a journey that i wouldn't have done because I wasn't, I was a class clown. Like, yeah, I mean, I would have went to college and probably blew the bag and then started from scratch and then finally end up here. Right. But, you know, the way that I went about it, it, it put me in a world that I got to be the class clown, but I got to learn in an environment that I wanted to be in. That is so good, bro. And let me tell you something. I was like the goody two shoes. I'm just like, why is this man acting up all the time? See, it's the successfulness of it all. I'd, I'd have been the one you'd have told the teacher about. Exactly, you'd have been like, exactly. you know, that, that cook guy really doesn't care. He really doesn't. And you know what? It's just like, he's all creative and stuff, whatever that means. You right. know, during the time of high school, doodling. We're here to study math, though. You know what I mean? So like, there's no creativity in math. But learning and opening those doors, of course, showed so much more than kind of just like, okay, this is kind of the trajectory everyone else went on, so I'm gonna go on that too. Sure. When I talk about strategy, of course, it's kind of revealing the clarity for a new plan to kind of get you to where you want to be. Yeah. But I always mention like, this isn't the gospel in the case where I'm not gonna show you the entire staircase because I don't necessarily have all those answers. You know, we make pivots as new results come. And of course, you know, you have the things that bring about ROI so quickly. But tell me about life in general, where it was like, okay, this is the path, but I don't see, you know, the end of it. Or like, I don't see, I got the next five steps, you know, in the staircase, but the next 10, I don't know about. Um, I, I mean, like a, a particular moment or just the overarching thought of that? Uh, maybe both. Maybe okay. like a, a moment that kind of showed you the overarching of it. I mean, so I would say the moment would probably be um, 2017, a little bit around there. No, I'm sorry, 2016. Um, so that time I had um, I was working a nine to five. I was a store manager of a, a prominent music store in the area. And um, 
I, I, I literally had a, the worst day ever. Like, I was the manager. I was off the clock that day. Horrible snowstorm happened. And my job was like, your employee can't make it. You got to get there as a store manager. Make sure you open things up. I'm like, this is some BS. I'm off, but I get it. It's my duty. And so I go, driving to work, get a flat tire. Call them like, hey, I can't make it. Like, light, like legit, I can't make it. And then there's a state trooper that just pulled up on me and said, hey, this is a snowstorm. We're in a state of emergency. We're going to have to tow your car. Like, you can't just get a, 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 a tire change here. And so, like, that... And then I call my, my my job. I'm like, hey, this is happening. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to figure it out. And they're like, no, you're lying. All this, all this stuff happened. And then I'm just like, why am I doing this? And so I was like, I, I got I got told, got to the destination, and I just like put in my two-week notice. Like, I, I quit. I quit the job. And then not only did I quit that job, then I recorded a project called Two Week Notice. Um, and it was my first EP that led to the art gallery. And, like, I didn't know anything other than those moments. Like, I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Music has always been my form of expression. I'm just going to record it. And I actually, the project, for those who ever finds it, I'm not spelling it because I'm not going to research nope. it. Nope. Um, but what, what it did was that project was actually an eclipse of that day. And it shows how I gave my two-week notice. So if you listen to the seven tracks, you actually hear what I went through to get it. So I didn't know what that would become, but that was kind of what birthed out everything after. So I say all that to say that that was the story of the, I don't know what's next, but here's the leap of faith. And um, what I learned from that moment or what I started to realize is that Everything that you need to succeed is already equipped inside of you. Like the ideas, the vision, the plan, whatever that is, it's kind of already built in you. And so you just have to give yourself enough consistent moments in line with what connects and resonates with you. Like if you put yourself in a space that you actually want to be in enough times, it's only going to be a matter of time before those doors open up and you see the entire path. Like, I knew it from a kid. Like, it's that I always wanted to act as a kid. I used to dress up and rehearse. And then you find yourself receiving an Oscar. Like, those are the type of things that really you have to pay attention to your inner child because that's that was your purest form. That was your most basic form of understanding. Hey, if nothing else goes right in this world, I enjoy this. So I kind of use that as a benchmark. Well, that is so good, too. And I'm saying that a lot because everything is just like really encapsulating me and myself. But in addition, I want to talk about like sometimes we don't see the end. Sure. The light is at the end. So sure. it's just like it's only but good things. So I've been put in the work because of that. But I want to talk about when you say like saying no, mm. either you receiving it or like you hearing it or like in general, you saying it and giving it out like. <laughs> This was the deal breaker and that you told me I was lying, that I was coming to work when I'm legit in this snowstorm. No, I, me personally, I probably would have gotten an Uber, gotten there somehow, you know what I mean? Trying to make it work. Listen, they're still working on it. But in general, like that was a deal breaker for you. But talk about are those experiences kind of a lot for you where it's like, I'm going to say no because the mental's not right right now or like sure. you're demanding too much or like, Saying no. Tell me about that for you. I will be honest. I'm trash at saying no. Um, me too. <laughs> like just just as a direct no, I'm trash at it. Uh, I always will find some way to figure out some way to help you if you ask me something. 
No is a new word in my vocabulary and not in the sense of hearing it and listening to it. Like, please, I don't want to misquote it. I, I know what no means. As far as me, you know, I've always been like, uh, I can't really do it, but let me see what I can do. And, you know, that that mindset, you know, it became taxing because I would find myself trying to figure out how to do something for someone that isn't going to care about it as long as I would. Like, you find yourself applying this thought, this effort. I put eight hours into figuring out a pitch and an idea for your vision, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that no more. And so it became infuriating. Like, yo, you know what? I I'm not talking about this no more. So now when I look at it, I kind of I, I, I kind of challenge people to prove that, pr prove to me why they should get a yes. Like, all right, hey, go ahead, go do this. You know, oh, you want to start a podcast? All right, bet. Figure out what the podcast name is. Come up with your logo. Start out with that and just start. Like, give. Like, I want to see up to ten episodes at least, and then I'm like, all right, yeah. So this is what you can do next because I realize you can't invest time in people who won't invest time in themselves. And so that's been like my idea of now that now I can say no. Like I legit said a no earlier today when it was like, hey, cook, I got this going on. I see you doing all these things. Like, yeah, I am doing all those things. I appreciate the look, but at this time, my capacity is not going to be able to handle anything more. And it's letting people, just being honest and embracing that. Um, and I, I definitely will say it's um, some real real uh, personal people in my life who's been remind, reminding me that I don't know how to say no. I'm like, you need to say no a lot more. And so it's, it's, it's not easy Especially because I would often be told no, and I know what that side feels like. And I think that's that's where my heart kind of is tugged. It's like, dang, like someone else had it when I asked and they didn't try. And it's like, you know, nah, like I seen that I had to prove myself. And so I'm not doing this to, to you know, make you feel uncomfortable or challenge you. I'm doing this because... I know that if you can show this, then you're going to do way more, you know? So that's kind of where, where I look at it now. Exactly. Because for me, for, listen, for me, I just like, had, not even on my watch like that. I just had to send some no emails out, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, even then I feel like, cause we're working to kind of get our yes or kind of receive that Correct. from either that either bigger brand or that partnership or whatever. And just like, even that's more viewers or listeners, whatever the case may be, we're sure. all searching kind of for our next step. And then to be able to be like, nah, is like, I don't want it to come off as though that this wasn't right for you because you weren't qualified. Sure. And this wasn't your door to open. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I can just add even just one thing, you know, you also want to see how people react to it now. Like, you know, you kind of you you, you want to see what people do when everything doesn't go the way that they want it to. Mm -hmm. Not not just as a, a, a life challenge just to make them feel uncomfortable. But like, again, if I hear this, if I say no to this, are you going to treat me different now? Like, do you change on me because I'm not giving you your way? And then you start to really be like, oh, OK, bet. That's how you're moving. That's how you want to do. It's 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 not something that you you want to do. But as you progress in life and as the stakes for you get higher because we all evolve we all yeah. try to do better things yeah. and so as you grow of course more people are gonna be like hey see you what you, you're doing that podcast thing you're doing uh can you can i get on like can i be on it what do i need to do and you have to find yourself in like nah and then see what they do be like oh i always knew you wasn't nothing like right. oh okay i guess you bet 
So you caught me when I was nothing. And so, you know, you have to, you got to check the temperature sometimes. You for know? sure, for sure. And I always say, you know, when people don't get they, what they want, it shows who they really are. You know what right. I mean? When things do not go their way, it's like, man, that really wasn't, you know, you or this facade that was you. It was something where it was like, you know what? I see it now. And it's cool. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to take it personally because this is the space that you're in currently. And whatever you're saying, you ugly anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. that is on you. I don't put that on me. But, like, taking those no's personally or taking things personally in general. Yeah. I've had to take a very strategic approach sometimes and just remind myself, like, what is the process? Not when I'm your no, but when, like, things are going my way but are out of my control. Like, what is the process there for you when it comes to even just being cook and creative? Um, there's a part of my process that I don't know if I'm going public with yet. Okay. But, <laughs> but no, that, that there is a, I mean, it's, it's also, you have to, have to, have to, no matter who you are, you have to have like a restoration process and whatever that looks like for you, you know, a healthy one, not, not like, Hey, I got to kill five people to you know yeah. feel better. Right. You know, it's like, you know, I, I love car rides. I love having the music on a little late drive, drive down 495 with no traffic, you know, being able to have myself in a space where the music can kind of help me work through things. And, you know, just kind of being in those moments, uh, I find myself restored. I have things in my house that are built for that. Like I I have a whole light set up where I kind of control the mood lighting just to just to help alter some of those thoughts that I have. And so, you know, it, it's it's like finding your like build your restoration process, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what thing you're doing. If you're a person who has emotion like all of us do, there needs to be a restoration process that you go through for yourself that allows you to say, all right, things didn't work out for me, but God willing and God knowing that's not the end of it. That's not where it stops. That's not where my life story ends, you know, and and, and also I, I go through the mantra of what's, what's meant to be will always happen. You know, if I if I if I check in on myself and things aren't going well, I give a quick example. <laughs> Had my 50th episode a couple weeks back. We're going to talk about uh, it. We're going to get uh, into uh, it. You know, I mean, <laughs> just, but just that night, that night, um, there was a lot of things that didn't work out mm -hmm. the way that I envisioned it. And, you know, each step of the way, I had to check in with myself and be like, what's meant to be will always happen. Because there's two parts to it. There's me and executing properly but then there's the people who's watching how I move when things go wrong and you have to be aware like you know you're always an example even if you don't have a large audience even if it's just your little cousin that's like oh how's he going to react to this you know there is someone that's using you as a blueprint so how you move and how you maneuver to these situations are going to resonate with them and it's either going to uh uh Quick thing that my manager always should say is like, you know, what a what a manager does and I guess minor, the staff does not excess. Like, so if a manager comes in and they're on the cell phone, the whole staff will be on the floor when walking around on their cell phone. And I look at myself as like just that, that manager role to a lot of people that if I start to slack, they're all going to start to slack. So, you know, it's, it's, it's doubling down in that. Yeah, huge inspiration, you know, and just in general, like there's always someone behind you that's watching. 100%. And I feel like it's a good thing to kind of have as a creative and be like, you know, I slack now. Not only somebody that's probably not as good as me going to surpass me, but there are people waiting for me to do good to kind of be an inspiration for. And it's not even just people behind you. There's some people who who you look up to yeah. that are looking at you trying to see, oh, how, what are you going to do right now? Right, right. And, you know, you, you have to. 
you have to, especially when you embrace this life. You know, I, every every job, every life isn't the same. There are requirements in it, but especially when you're on a journey that's of an entrepreneurial spirit. I wouldn't even just say entrepreneurship, but an entrepreneurial spirit where you're like, I'm going hard to make this difference. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to constantly check in with yourself and say, what am I showing? You know, how am I how am I leading? Absolutely. No, that makes total sense. It's just like, listen, those looking above you, those behind you, those next to you, like kind of yeah. everyone is watching, so yeah. to speak. But speaking of watching, I want to get some more strategy with you Let's on this late night show, right? And I, I'm going to tell the stories really quick. You're going to fill in, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be really, really right. good for the listeners. But I want to get into your show. And on top of that, kind of in the room, being there and kind of like the inception. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I want to start this. Would love to hear from you about your thoughts and things like that. We can pop in. This was actually this time last year, I want to say. Um, kind of let's get it in person. Let's kind of have this whole strategy and then pandemic hit. So talk to me about your show, what you're doing, and how many episodes you recently hit. Oh, man. We, we just hit 54 as of last night. Um, and I, I will tell you this, man, God, God's plan, you know, God's plan, God's timing, because my, my, my vision, my original idea, yeah, it was supposed to be last year, but I, I managed to find an opportunity to work with, um, a brand that I was looking forward to working with. And they had a huge conference coming up in 2020 in March. And I was like, bet I'm going to wait till after that conference. And then I'm going to launch my show because my network will be bigger. My reach will be Absolutely. bigger. And I, I had such a great strategy for that. And I was like, that's the perfect time to do it. But and, and I kept delaying the show because I was like, you know, I'm going to wait for the perfect moment. And then pandemic hits in February. Yeah. March is when it really like mm-hmm. told everybody sit, sit your behinds down. <laughs> and it changed everything. It took that conference opportunity away from me in that moment. And it, it made me face myself. And I was literally just in my room. And so, you know, at that moment, um, a friend of mine who I was speaking to at the time was like, yo, just just do it. Like, what are you waiting for at this point? And it was like right when everybody started doing Instagram lives, like I'm talking everybody like you could probably catch a grandma on Instagram okay. live in March. <laughs> you know, it was anybody trying to get something done. And, and, you know, it was it was like, hey, let me. Let me see what my network looks like. And, and and then the strategy was just to to connect with different people and just to be consistent. I didn't I didn't have much more of a plan than that. I didn't see past it. It literally text some friends like you talk about hitting up your network, like, hey, I got an idea. This is the idea of a logo. Could you hook it up for me? Fly logo come in. Oh, snap, I need I need this type of graphic. Fly graphic come in. Another friend like, oh, these are features you can use. And it's just it took a community of people just supporting. And it's just like that consistency is what evolved it. But, you know, the, the show is honestly it, it was just the the hopes of, of being in the space of late night talk show. I, I saw I saw the world as it was before and there were no black late night talk show hosts. And I said, yo, I can do that. But. I thought that I needed the push of a bigger brand to do it. And God was like, nah, you can do that. And so, I mean, again, a few phone calls. Here we are, 54 episodes and rocking. Yeah, that is super dope. And listen, I was at the 50th episode, <laughs> a kind of watch party, I guess, that we had very safely. COVID-proof. Yes, COVID-friendly, of course. Right. And we're not going to be friends with the virus, but you get the idea. <laughs> but in general, I was just thinking, like, when you kind of presented the idea to kind of the network, I want to say, it was like, and it wasn't a lot of people, but it was like, you know, 
Arsenio Hall had his show that, you know, was canceled, I think twice, actually. Yeah. Um, like, he revived it, and then they were like, this is great, but no. Yeah. And then Monique was doing her thing on BET, too. And people, a lot of people don't know about that show, but, like, yeah. she was really killing it. She still is to this day, but she was really killing it, like, on the radio and DMV for, like, Baltimore and things like that. And then was on BET with the late night show. So I was thinking, like, for about maybe 10 years or so, there wasn't a hugely large, like, show for not only for creators in general, but just for, you know, black men having talk shows, you yeah. know, on the late night, you know what I mean? And, like, we up during those times, too. So <laughs> right. it's not like there wasn't an audience there for it, you know what I mean? The so. funny thing is with that, too, like, if you look at it, I mean, salute to those Kimmel Fowler guys, but yeah. you know a lot of them do the the culture play. Like you know they they, they rap on their shows, they're interactive, they're they're bringing on other rappers and other other people of color to stamp them as the cool kids because anything that we do is cool. Like as a as a culture, we kind of embody that coolness where it's like you know what, let's switch this lingo up and we bring it. So for me, it was like. It only makes sense to represent us in this space because there's also the side of it that I feel that they're that they can also and not any one of them in particular, but there's the lack of sensitivity to our culture that sometimes can be portrayed just due to the fact of not not I wouldn't say ignorance, there's just the lack of awareness Absolutely. and the lack of understanding that plight. And so, you know, I I would even say as a reference, nothing I don't know anything too deep and salacious, but, you know, even if you look at the, the Ellen situation, yeah. like, you know, it's someone who the culture stamped as, oh, one of us, welcome to the cookout. And then, you know, there were stories that she really wasn't the best to all of those uh, in her, her, her camp. So, you know, I was like, well, why let that be their call? Like we got, like I, I, I got enough people that I can check in with. I got enough people that if, if I need to get a, a, a producer behind the camera, an engineer behind the camera. Like, if I can be in the front, like, if we do this all-black thing, I guarantee we're going to make something happen. And so that was kind of my my, my mindset was like, you know what? If, if nobody else would build it, why not us? Absolutely. And I love, I want to get into the music, too, and how, how you incorporate that, because that's just something sure. that long ago Cook's personal brand, but in just mentioning some other strategy of the culture for example with Ellen and no shade to Ellen of course we love Ellen you know what I'm saying she was doing her thing and she's been doing it for a long time and she yeah. did break ground when she kind of came out and things like that but and she gave us Dory absolutely. We, we, we can never forget that she gave we, us Dory we can never forget that you know what I mean so her DJs like the person kind of on the side co-hosting a little bit Be my those fan. have been black people for a long time Kaylin Kaylin I think that's how I pronounce his name who's on YouTube who does the food reactions yeah. like she is not and this is not her being a culture vulture so to speak but she is you know recognized that it's her, her team has recognized that people watch this stuff people sure. view their stuff you know what I mean even going back um, to Jimmy Fallon and I'm sure Roots was booked and busy but maybe nothing this consistent that's his band like they play everything Everyone. on that man's show consistently and they've been doing that since his show started yeah. so it was just like you know in looking at those things there's stuff there for us even coming up, and maybe this episode will drop after. We'll get that later. But even coming up with Megan Thee Stallion and Chris Rock hosting Saturday Saturday Night Live to start out with during this time, like Black Twitter is raving about that. <laughs> when our interviews come on with Issa Rae, you know, doing you know all the late night talk shows, like we watch that stuff. So like it was like, man, why has it been a black person hosting this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love how you been on and started it. But in addition. The producer, so kind of setting up cooking the late night, your late night show. 
from the beginning, it was like, I want to incorporate music into this somehow. So yeah. talk about how you do that through the show. Yeah, man. Um, for me, again, music's, music's my heart strength. It's, it's the one thing that I, I always pull and, and, and go to when I need to find direction. Um, and so that came up with this show. I, I realized, like... I couldn't. I didn't want to have a. I couldn't have a DJ on cooking the late night with me. Like that would that didn't play off well, especially in the IG um, form starting off. And then I started to just kind of look at well, what could I do? Um, who in the music space doesn't get the recognition, so to speak? And um, I know a lot of producer friends. And so I came up with this cooking up segment. In fact, it actually started with a car ride with one of my friends, um, HD. We were talking about like just, you know, I want to face your producers where during the hour of the show, they got that length of time to produce a beat. And what does that look like? And we'll introduce them and then we'll bring them back. And he's like, oh yeah, we get them like, you know, we start cooking up and it, it fits. Like it's me, it's my name, it's my it's my brand. Um, so we started the cooking up segment. So, you know, what we do is at the start of the episode, we tap in with the producer, we allow them to enter introduce who they are, you know, say where they're from, what they're working on, and then they have the interview time to make a beat. And whatever they produce in that time frame, we, we end up showing and displaying for the audience. And I, it's been fun. Like, it's it's been dope where you can see, like, the, the, the guests after are still sticking around like, oh, this... This is this jam. I like this. I like this vibe. And I think that's where it's a big thing. It's like, you know, how can you entertain differently? Right? Because if I would have had a, a there's there was I mean, DJ Nice was running the DJ set for Instagram. I couldn't just bring a DJ on there to be another thing. But this moment allowed um, to highlight some really not known people. Um, to the masses, known of course, but just not to the masses, and it, it's, it's really dope because you you come up like yo, you did that in an hour. That's talent, man, and I, I'm here for talent every day. That's that's so true, and you know what? If I was a producer, I would just pull an old beat, but they legit make it. You know, <laughs> no, in an hour. I ain't gonna hold you. I I, I, I be doing it sometimes. I like yeah, yeah I ain't really cooking that up. But I, I had some people like, all right, this is the sample I'm gonna give you. This is how I'm gonna flip no, it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. Okay, this, you, you got time today. Exactly. You got time. No, you really can tell those that have literally taken like a sample or like taken the chunk beat, like this yeah. the background and have layered it on top of just make it a whole thing. And the audience loves it, which, yeah. I, which I love too, because I'm just like, they really like kind of tapped into this, the purpose of, I want to hear a beat in this hour. You know what I mean? And, and, and just to add to, and just to provide strategy, because I, I don't want your audience to think I'm here giving stories. Um, there is a lot of strategy in what I've said. I hope you guys picked it up, but let, I'll be directing this one. Um, the strategy is to create an ecosystem, you know, because at this current time, you know, with everything being virtual, people have less opportunities to connect, like literally connect. So if you can constantly create a moment where people can connect, there's this moment where the producer is watching the show and he's being inspired by the the interviewer or interviewee and so that goes into the beat and now when it's done the the interviewee is inspired like listening to see hey how did this how did this time frame of mine go with this producer now they're connected i've seen i've seen follows happen like instantaneously network opportunities i know someone who literally started interning for someone who was on the show just based off of of those moments and so you know just to be able to have like real life reactions i think that's the strategy for me is to make sure there's consistent moments of connection i love i love that so much i want to talk about the strategy also of 
giving the creators a platform. You know what I mean? Like, and kind of this the purpose almost of this show is that like all the cool people kind of are behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like Facts. the ones that get it done are behind the scenes. Facts. So I talk about my like, Roland Martin story a lot, where like he kind of went to the control room and like all the other kids in his class when he was young went to the newscaster, but the newscaster was like, I kind of just read what's right there <laughs> and like you know, and when else in the back is we make the show happen. Yeah. So talk about how you were like, okay. I could probably find the most popping like influencer right now, but actually I want to go a different direction and find the creative that's just really doing their thing to interview. Sure, um, strategy is just a numbers game, right? There's more people behind the scenes than in front of a camera. If you think about it, like in the in the the bare basic of it, you know, in the most sets, it's not going to like there. There's one Rihanna, but there's like four engineers two producers, six songwriters. So if I'm playing a game where I need to have a consistent group of people, I'm doing a show two times a week. I can't get a Rihanna caliber person two times a week if we just want to talk strategy. And that's not saying that any of these other people are less. They are the Rihannas of their industry. It's just the masses don't see their industry. Like, the masses don't, don't like, it's only become maybe, I would say, the past five years or so where, you know, producers started making tags where now you know of a DJ Mustard, you know, but songs back in the day, you probably don't know who produced it. You might not know who a, uh, uh, um, a hit, well, you know who Hitmaker is now, but you might not know of just the hit, the hit squad on Bad Boy. Who was, who was that group of people? What did they look like? What did those pins look like? And so, being that I took the route of the behind the scenes of the industry, I knew who those people were. I knew who the Rico loves were. I knew who, you know, again, Sean Garrett, the pen, just, just D Dot, all these people. I knew who they were. And it's like, yo. Y'all witness the same things that, that Diddy witnesses. So I could talk to you and find out about the... And, and most times, their stories are crazier. Because, you know, the, the celebrities, they, they have a life that they have to move aware. Everyone else is just in the room. And they're like, yo, this is my normal night. I had one of my guys, Julie, on the uh, show. And he talked about just being able to roller skate with Beyonce and Solange. Who gets to say that? He talks about being in a, in a room where, where, like, being able to sit down with Kobe Bryant and, you know, just having a photo of him behind him in his seat just as a, as a regular person. A Nipsey Hussle story where things, like, when he was out with Christian Combs. Like, there are so many people who are connected to so many opportunities, but they're behind the scenes chilling, and their stories are way more entertaining sometimes and that's kind of what the, the idea of the show was it's like let's bring the stories that people want to hear but from perspectives they might not see Norman that is so dope bro and I feel <laughs> like they have a lot of gems that they drop in general to kind of give like that entrepreneur that's working or that influencer that's working yeah. like I'm a designer and this is how I got my start. This is how I kind of create for the culture and how I'm moving forward and being successful. And then that person in front of the camera or that person that's there to be that influencer is like, those are the things that I've been looking to kind of pick up when it comes to my hustle sure. because the person behind the scenes is doing it. Sure. So I love that 100%. And real quick, I'm sorry to interject no, this, but just that, that, that mindset right there, there is a level of responsibility in knowing how to move in a room to get to those rooms. So you do want to hear from someone like that because, yeah, like, again, like, 
now I'm gonna say just Jay Z. Jay Z was Jay is Jay Z. He's going to get to where he is because of his talent. To be around Jay Z is kind of like yo. How do I move to get closer? How do I get to that inner sanctum? And that's the real people who have strategy because it's like yo, you want to move properly. You want to move in a way where they like, oh hey you, come on, like what's going on? You don't want to be the guy that's like. And he over there again. Um, I gotta keep pushing. Hey, yo, we out. Like you want to be someone that really can um, be embraced in those spaces. So that's what makes these people dope as well. I love that, and I also want to mention the consistency is crazy because as soon as the pandemic hit, every Tuesday and Thursday, every week. There has not been a time where he has missed a show. So Bro. I want to ask you about that too. And I got a couple more questions, but that is just, that has been like, of course, <laughs> every entrepreneur's creative dream to kind of be as consistent as they can be. But in addition, you've done it so well. So, oh man. Hey, I appreciate it. You know, you know, honestly, man, what, what, what you doing next week? I need to come back. I, I like the energy. I like how you make me feel. We're going to have you multiple times. Right. Let's just come back through. Um, but I think, you know, um, it's a challenge. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it's easy. There are... Um, I, 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 I did one episode... I did skip one night. And that was because it was Blackout Tuesday. And I was like, you know what? I, it doesn't feel right. Especially just being a young black man in America. That was right after George Floyd. It was just heavy. And I was like, this isn't what I want to do. And if I'm going to talk to my people, I'm going to make sure that I do it the right way. So then the following episode, I kind of had a um, Black Lives Matter episode without a guest, which is bringing on the community. And so, you know, that's the only one that I ever took off. And it wasn't me taking off. It was literally me planning. All right. If you're going to have this platform, what is it going to mean to the people? And um, yeah. And then from there, it is it is pressure. Uh, it is a lot of. Do I have to? Um, but the way that I've been able to be consistent is I'm constantly thinking of the next upgrade for the audience. Like, what's the next benchmark, right? You know, for a time, it was just getting out of my bedroom and now going to a space consistently. And now I'm like, okay, it's a job. Like, I gotta, like, it's my job to do this. You don't look at it like, oh, this is cool. It's like, no, I gotta clock in. I gotta show up at seven o'clock, make sure we set up, we're running, everything's on par. And then I, I, I elevate to the next level. So it's constantly been just that idea of staying ahead, beating, beating myself. Because the last episode, like the first episode is cool. If anyone um, might have seen my Instagram stories just some time ago from wherever this comes out, you know, I, I showed like a before and after six months and it was literally a desk in my room, some wall. And now it's like an HD camera and a good shot and, and just a real production. And so it's because I'm like, although I'm here with the audience, with you. I'm looking at what's next and that's what's motivating me to show up to do it because if the second I fall off, someone's going to be like, I knew he couldn't do it. I knew it. I like, like you, or there's someone that's going to be like, you know, hey, you did a good enough job and there's the supporters of it, but you know, I want to, I want to give them something really, really good to stamp on. So there's some, some things that's going to wait that I'm really looking forward to. 
I love that. And we are looking forward to 5,000 more episodes. But last question for you. (laughs) Right, season (laughs) one, exactly. But last question for you. I want to talk about what does the strategy for the culture kind of mean to you? Because you've provided not only for the culture, but then just for creatives of all races in general. I want to talk about what strategy for the culture means to you. Man, um, first, again, thank you for having me on this platform, man. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I love your breakdowns. I love your takes on things. Like, I love how you like honestly I, I came here ready to judge some brands so I appreciate that we talked about me because I was ready to say they, they messed that up but um, <laughs> that could be know. an episode <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that but um you know um man strategies for the culture honestly it it's it's being active with your social group and aware right it's knowing that if you talk to enough people you should get a consensus on what's appropriate and how you should execute. It's it's understanding that it's a we not me thing because at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to come off tone deaf. You don't want to come off insensitive, especially in this climate because I I often tell people, you know, whatever you put on social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you put out there, be per- like be prepared for it to go viral. Like live a life that whatever you put up, if it went viral, you can replicate. Because that's the that's the problem that people get into with their strategy. Like they'll do something that's like completely off brand and be like, but wait guys, I have socks that I want to sell. You're like, yo, we're not here for your socks. Bring the jokes back. You know, so the strategy is being genuinely yourself and surrounding yourself with enough enough people that are diverse that are intelligent and that are evolving where you yourself can just easily tap into them that market i'm fortunate enough like where part of my core demographics are my friends like and that's that's not something you want to have happen like you don't want to say hey i'm selling this product to fit the people around me you want to create a product for a group of people and it just so happens they fall under it so you know strategy is honestly taking the time to hear what's going on around you and just being aware and apply and know that whatever you produce in the world is to add value to it, not take from it. I love that. Thank you so much again, Cook. Please drop your socials and everything. And I'm happy to do a drop as well afterwards. Hey, so, um, you know, for those that have been tuned in this long, um, wow, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Um, my name is Cook. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at a guy named Cook. And that's named N-A-M-E-D. I understand that I say it where it sounds cut off, but a guy named Cook is on me on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow the show at Cook in the Late Night, which is Cook in, no I-N, Cook in the Late Night. Um, We're on Instagram, Twitter, and please check us out on YouTube. My guy Don the Mac breaking records on IGTV <laughs> on a BTS. Like my guy um, is on an episode. He's he's actually the the first one that was on our YouTube page, and it's just man appreciative. And for those who do watch, I hope you guys understand that you know what we did with this show is we offered you literally the blueprint. We show you that it doesn't always have to be perfect to put it up there. It doesn't have to be the best you know edited directed it's hey we did this one we'll get better next time um so please check out those pages that site Uh, i look forward to connecting with you guys i'm very receptive on social media if you at me uh i'll be sure to reach out Absolutely. Every Tuesday, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Cooking the late night. Yeah. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs>